How's your mindset today? How is your mindset right now? If I asked you to rate yourself from 1 to 10 on the skill of mind management, of managing your own mind, how would you score? Now, you might be thinking, what does mind management have to do with training, with being a freelancer or a consultant, a training business owner? Great question. Well, my answer is mindset is the product of mind management. And one of the cornerstones in running your own business is having the kind of mindset that deals with adversity. And you and I know there is no shortage of adversity in running your own business. It doesn't matter what business you're in. Having the courage to start your own business and ask people to give you work, that's a question of mindset. Having the strength to deal with rejection, all the time. That's a question of mindset. Having determination to keep on going when others and you question your judgment. That's definitely a question of mindset. Today, I'm joined by Robbie Anderson, a performance psychologist from Chimp Management in the UK. I'll explain what that significance is or the significance of that phrase or the word, the brand Chimp Management shortly. And we're going to tell you how your brain works, where the natural anxiety in running your business comes from. That's a great question. How to manage this anxiety or stress. And of course, how to replace your gremlins, the negative language in your brain, with a positive, productive business mindset. How does that sound to you? This is episode 77 of the Training Business Podcast. Hey, and welcome to the trainingbusiness.com podcast. Every week, we bring you exciting news and interviews with training business experts and training business entrepreneurs from around the world. Thanks for tuning into today's episode. Here's your host, Mark Garrett Hayes. Hey, welcome to the show. My name is Mark Garrett Hayes, and I'm the host of the Training Business Podcast. This show, which comes out every single Thursday, this is the show for freelance trainers, for people just like you and I, people who own a training business or a coaching business. We're training consultants, we're trainers and coaches, and we love spending time developing people and helping them to become the best they can be. And of course, making a profit from that exercise. The goal of this show is very simple. It's to help you to start to grow and to scale a profitable training business. And as I said, we've an episode every single Thursday. We'd love you to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, on Stitcher and Spotify, so you can be notified of upcoming episodes, etc. Now, as I said before the music, we have a guest on the show today. And the reason I have Robbie on the show is as follows. One of the best books I have read on the subject of mindset, in fact, on the subject of psychology, is called The Chimp Paradox, the mind management program for confidence, success, and happiness. In fact, I'm reading it again, and I recommend it to many of my coaching clients, one of whom told me, quite frankly, that it has literally changed his life. That, that's really high praise when you hear that about any book. Today, Robbie Anderson from Chimp Management, that's the company behind the brand The Chimp, is joining me to talk about mind management for success, what that means. Robbie is a hugely experienced performance psychologist, works with all kinds of sports people and people who are literally in need of help with performance. And the organization that published the extraordinary book produced the book called The Chim Paradox a number of years ago, and it's a book I make reference to a lot. And I'm going to chat with Robbie today a bit about that book, the model behind that book, and I'm going to give you some actionable takeaways 
from me before we finish up today's episode to help you manage your business mindset. So stay tuned for those. So why don't we begin this morning by talking about the basics of the chimp model. In other words, the parts of the brain that affect us, govern us, and rule us, things like the amygdala, the prefrontal cortex, and so on. If we simplify it down to systems, let's look at systems that are in the brain, some of which we're in control of, others we're not in control of. And if we can get the skill to manage these systems, then we're going to get a better outcome from the brain. So really, we're trying to look at it a little bit like a machine. So in the chimp model, we're saying there's an independent thinking system, and its basis for thinking is emotion. So it doesn't mean it's right or wrong. It just has very strong impulses. It has very strong emotional thoughts and they go first. That's the rules of the brain. So the chimp's agenda primarily is survival. We all have it. It was there before we, the human, the second system we're going to talk about in a minute. We come online about three, three years old. And why do we know that? Because three-year-old children start asking why, (laughs) you know, why do I have to go to school? Uh, Why can't I eat all of these sweets? Whereas before that, we've just really been this chimp system and it's been doing absolutely fine. Okay. So effectively what you're alluding to there is this, what some people call the lizard brain, the animal brain, the kind of primordial brain. It's the brain that, um, when I'm explaining this is the brain that manages things like, uh, fear, Uh, sexual desire, hunger. It's the kind of brain that kicks in on autopilot and keeps us safe from dangers. And often that's where people, particularly running their own business, might feel this kind of emotional response to what the brain perceives as a threatening situation. Absolutely. Okay, so let's look at the human's agenda then. And uh, what is the concept of the human? Let's take a real common example. Food. So the chimp is sat there and it's saying, my job is to keep us alive. And I do that by eating the richest, highest nutrient, highest fats food I can. And they're all around me. So I'm going to absolutely have as much as I want. Now, let's just pause on that and move to the human. Most of us, most humans will relate and say, yeah, I really struggle at times managing food, whether it's, you know, overeat one meal or, or, or very often. So the human is clearly different. The human is a different system. So the human will be a rational system that will say, actually, I want to eat a certain amount of food and I want to be uh, reasonable in the way I work with other people and I don't want to be upset and angry, but at times I feel like I'm being hijacked. And the reality is they are. But when we start worrying about the business opportunities we've got or when we worry about whether we can help a client that's really challenging, mm. we are thinking. We're not just reacting anymore. We're not just uh, primal animals. So actually the chimp just like a chimpanzee can think. You know, they, if you look at a chimpanzee in the wild, they think, they, they communicate, they're very clever, but they don't have our higher functioning. They don't have our ability to really come above it and to think, right, let me slow down my thinking. Let me, let me reflect on what's happening here. Let me plan on how I can approach a situation. So that's the human in us. So really the, the agenda of the human is to say, how do I want to live my life? How do I want to be as a person? How do I want to treat other people? And then we have to get the plans in place to manage the chimp system when it kicks in and takes over. So the lesson for me here is that the, the chimp is never going away. The chimp is omnipresent. It's always there. It has a different agenda to the human. People who own businesses, who run businesses, were inevitably going to be uh, nagged with doubt, some kind of feeling of inadequacy. So making this practical 
and useful for today's audience, um, we're going to focus on some kind of examples whereby people need to and can better manage their brain for success. Because there's, I'm sure you'd agree, a, a natural anxiety in running a business. Um, so where does this anxiety come from? And how can we recognize it's happening? It's beginning to take control. And how can we deal with it? It's very normal. It's actually very healthy to have your chimp, to have and all of the thoughts and feelings that it gives you. Mm. Now, I'll be honest with you. Sometimes people say, this has gone too far. I don't want to talk about this chimp anymore. Fine. Go back to the basic premise. Do we think it's normal and healthy to have worries that, you know, really are there to protect us? And most people say, yeah, actually, yeah, they're healthy, but they're not helpful. So when we look at something like anxiety, let's take anxiety as an example. It's very normal. It's common that people would have feelings of unease, uh, such as worry or fear. Uh, and clearly that can be on a spectrum. Sometimes it's mild. It's that it's that niggling worry in the back of our mind, or it can be very severe. You know, it could be the, the crippling worry about whether we should go independent or not. So everyone has anxiety at some point in their life. What we're saying is recognize where that's coming from. So if you can say, actually, that's coming from an independent system in my brain that is doing its job because it's worried then I need to take care of it. So now what we don't do is we don't beat ourselves up for being this overly anxious person or having these um, unhelpful thoughts. We just say they're a normal part of life, but I need to manage them if I'm going to move forward with this rather than sitting with anxiety. Some people seem to make life uh, look very simple insofar as they're very good at dealing with stress. They make it look easy. And other people then perhaps think, well, how come this person looks like they're gliding? Uh, I'm, I'm worried to the point where the worry actually hijacks me. Mm. I'm going in to meet a client. I'm about to pitch to a client. I'm about to give a presentation. Or, as many experienced trainers have told me, I'm about to give a session, a training session I've given many times before. But I still get this overwhelming, sometimes crippling fear that I'm not going to do this well. I'm going to do this, uh, for some reason, I'm going to screw this up. Well, that's great. Tell you what, let's, let's use that. So we'll, we can say this is, this is yours and, and your chimp, or we can say this is very typical of anybody's chimp. So the chimp's agenda is survival. And the best way to survive in the wild is to be part of a group. You know, they, they call it a troop of chimpanzees. Okay. Now, we, we have that same drive. We, we, we want to survive. We want to be successful. So when typically in business, if we're going into a group and we're going to put ourselves out there, whether it's our content or a new idea or, or whatever it is, we're going to put it out there and we're going to be judged. Now, the, the chimp system in us isn't doing its job if it doesn't give us some some adrenaline. That's really what it is. It's saying, here's some adrenaline because you're about to go in a dangerous situation. And most of us... Uh, a, fail to recognize that that's the chimp system. It's nothing to do with us, really. It's the chimp system saying, I don't feel safe because I'm going to be judged. And B, most of us don't realize that's adrenaline. You know, that's just actually part of the course of getting our bodies ready to go and perform. Now, we very quickly turn that in our minds to anxiety. And we think, oh God, this is going to be a, a dreadful day. And, and unfortunately, the way the brain works is the chimp isn't the best presenter. The chimp isn't the part of our brain that actually knows all of our content. And that's why something like choking actually takes place because the chimp has completely hijacked us now. So what do we take from that? We say, well, again, this is universal. This is People are going to go to an interview or to a public talk or to a training session and they're going to have this hijack because the chimp is worried about every single person in that room accepting them because that's the rules of the chimp. Now let's press pause on that. Come to the human and think, what do you 
what are you going to hold yourself to account for? What do you class as your success? What stabilizes you when you go and present? And often people, whether it's an athlete or whether it's a trainer, will say, I've never thought of it. If I'm honest, I I don't know. Good feedback form, but that's external. Or, you know, do do I get the contract? But that's external. So you can see why what we're trying to help people mostly do is to say, let's get you in a good place. Everybody to say, what is it I'm going to hold the mirror up to myself, be proud of myself for, and then I'll go and do my best performance. We, we know that the ideal is we'd be calm and we would present our content and uh, we'd leave happily and our chimp would also be very happy. So that's the ideal. Now, there is a third system. We didn't quite cover it at the start. Okay. So, so what is the computer? It's mm. a storage place for beliefs and it's a storage place for helpful behaviors. Okay. Now, if we practice, let's say, driving when we first learn to drive, there's nothing in the computer. You know, we, we've never driven before. So the chimp, of course, on our first driving lesson is very, very anxious because that's its job. Over time, we practice week in, week out, and we, we, we create these habits so that eventually, actually, we can drive very safely and it doesn't take very much mental effort at all. This practice, this mental rehearsal of something like giving a presentation so that when we get up there, we click in and we're quite automatic. So there's no doubt mental rehearsal is, is a key part of preparing ourselves. What some people will say is, yeah, but I try and visualize, I try and um, visualize it going really well, perhaps let's say 10 minutes before I start, and then it's time to go and do this event, and now my chimp kicks back in. Yeah. So actually, yeah. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> exactly right. <laughs> okay, so that, and that's fair. That, I mean, I've had a lot of athletes who have said that, you know, they're kind of warming up in the, <laughs> in the backstage and they go out to perform and they say, wow, the chimp returns. What, what we have to look at there for me in experience is we have to look at what's in the computer that perhaps is supplementary uh, or, or even more powerful than just the visualization. Because really what your chimp's saying is you're painting this picture that things are going to be okay for me, but actually you're not really selling it to me. <laughs> you know, I, I still don't know if something's going to go wrong. And for me, this all comes down to expectations. This is where we've got to look and we've got to say, right, let's engage the human. Let's be rational here. What do you control when you deliver uh, with a one-to-one client or to a group? And also, how are you going to deal with it if it does go wrong? Like that, that's the actual plan that the chimp wants. The chimp says, I can't deal with this. I can't deal with, you know, the group saying that my content wasn't good enough or a one-to-one client saying I didn't help them. The chimp says, I can't deal with that. Whereas the human's going to say, let me look at that. So this would be the same as like business planning. You know, what am I going to do if I have a couple of bad months? Because the chimp's going to worry about that. It's going to say, if we have, you know, a dry August, it's the human to put that plan in place to actually go to that uncomfortable place and to realize what you're going to do psychologically or practically. And when we start to get that plan in place, you're not, you don't need to visualize the ideal anymore because actually what you're saying is I'm an adult and I'll deal with the real. And often that's the thing that settles the chimp down. That, you know, it's that knowing that we can deal with the worst. And I think that phrase jumped out at me in the, in the book, which is the idea that you have to put the chimp back in the box. You can't make the chimp go away. It, <laughs> it's doing its job. It's, it's dealing with what it thinks are fears to be anticipated, but it's up to the human to rationalize and say, actually, you know what? That is a possibility. Let me deal with that. Yeah. The computer sits really, um, in the background as a, as a reference point. It's almost like a library. If you just literally look at it as the metaphor of having a computer. Okay. So, you know, a computer, computer for a human being is only helpful if we program it helpfully. 
You know, it's like your iPhone or your phone. If you've got good programs on it that help you, the, the applications that you want, then it will run well for you. Whereas if you've never even got it out of the box, it will do very little for you. Uh, and that's the same with this. If we would say, right, take that same principle and think, right, what am I going to do if I have a really bad session? Or, you know, what am I going to do to have a really good session? And you plan those things through and you refine them over time. So what do successful people do? Successful people get into the human. They say, right, I'm not going to be a chimp about this. I'm not going to sit and worry. I'm going to look at practical plans to get and keep myself in a good place. I'm also going to look at practical plans for if I have a bad day, because they're going to happen. And on top of that, I'm going to take care of my chimp. <laughs> you know, like the chimp wants to know who's in its its group. So who is in its group? You know, I can't have 250 delegates at a training day deciding my confidence. I'm going to have to narrow that group much smaller. You see what I mean? Maybe look for honest feedback from one or two delegates and then judge myself on things like my effort. Um, you know, did I speak as clearly as I could? Things that I control. So then I come away and I can actually give myself praise. Whereas we typically look for perfection. That's what the chimp wants. Everybody to like it. So we're recognising the chimp is there. It has a voice. It's exercising its role. And we're acknowledging the voice. And sometimes it's like a child's voice. It's, it's perhaps speaking emotionally. And the thing to do is to say, I hear you. I acknowledge you. Not to sideline you. Let's see how we can deal with this, eliminate this possibility of things going absolutely wrong. Let's, let's say, okay, thank you for that uh, signal. Uh, chimp, uh, giving it a name. Thank you for that suggestion. I acknowledge that as a feasible possibility or a possible outcome if this is not done well. Now the human kicks in and says, okay, let's see if we can come up with a plan. The computer is perhaps where we have these programmed or maybe naturally programmed belief systems that reminding ourselves that I am good, I am qualified, I've done this before. The computer can have... um quite a lot in it if i'm honest it can have some of those beliefs that you said there that are quite positive so factual okay. beliefs um you know i've i've, I've trained uh, hard in this i've prepared well um i you know i know certain amounts of content and, and whatever the delivery is so they're, 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 they're beliefs and i would imagine if it was the human that put them in there then they're going to be true because they'll be factually based but clearly sometimes the beliefs we store the beliefs we carry around also aren't helpful so let me give you an example of this let's sure. say we've got unhelpful expectations of other people so we might think in our head um my chimp is getting frustrated and i say why do i know it's my chimp because well, i don't want to be frustrated so that, that's the first sign do i want to be frustrated no my chimp's obviously awake okay what's frustrating me this other person has let me down okay well what have they done they, they haven't delivered that piece of work on time and i told them you know so we can look at this and we think right the chimp is not really to do, the chimp's not doing anything wrong here. It's just activating and saying there's a problem. So I'm going to look into my computer and I'm going to say, what are my beliefs? What, am I, what beliefs am I holding here about this other person? And I might have the belief that they should get the work to me on time. Now, again, it's not for me to decide whether they should or they shouldn't. It's for, it, as a psychologist, I would sit with the person and I'd say, is that belief helping you to have the emotions that you want? You know, are, are the beliefs that you're currently holding in your computer, are they, are they reasonable? Well, yes, it's reasonable for this person to get me the work. Okay. Are they realistic? Um, no, they're probably not realistic because, you know, they've already got 12 other projects on. So people can start to realize that actually the beliefs that we're holding, the expectations of ourselves uh, to be, let's say, perfect, or the expectations of other people, again, to be perfect, it's often the beliefs that, that really are poking the chimp. They're provoking a chimp within us. So now we've got a full toolkit. 
if we take that all together, we think, right, I'm going to work on myself, work out who the real human is, what the values I want to hold myself against, um, you know, what success in life for me looks like. I'm going to work with my chimp and try and take care of it because at times it's going to be very agitated, fearful, and I, I really need to put my arm around it. If you imagine it to be more like a, a you know, a, a stray dog that needs TLC rather than a, a beast to be tamed. Mm. And finally, this computer sits in the background and all we've got to do is just look in it from time to time and see if what's in there is helpful. Actually, you know, do I have helpful expectations of myself and other people and the world? And if I don't, could I change them? Could I change the way I'm looking at other people, myself and the world? How can we program that computer? Because I think uh, it's a nice analogy if we're using the word computer. Why not talk about programming? Are there methods whereby people can say, you know what, I'm going to have the situation again. I'm going to be stressed again. I more than likely will uh, find myself in, in, with a client. And this this catastrophizing, as I call it, w- will kick in. It's like a kind of a, a well-worn path. I've been down this path before. I know the moment I think of this seminar I'm going to give, this webinar I'm going to give, I'll be online running my coaching program. And all of a sudden this, this belief system kicks in from the computer and all of a sudden it takes over me and takes over my day. Is there a way to program this proactively to, to negate that negative programming and to build up the positive programming? That's, I mean, this is such a powerful thing, isn't it? Because this is giving us so much insight now. You know, for starters, we've recognized we've got this chimp system, which is an emotional system, thinks for itself. So that's a helpful recognition. Then we can move and we can think, I've also got this computer system, which can have beliefs in it, which I can change and I can move. So this is giving people lots of insight and it's giving people lots of choice. You know, suddenly we think, God, maybe I'm not just this, <laughs> um, you know, big mixture of emotions and beliefs. So in terms of programming the computer, the, the first thing to look at is if you imagine it to be to be uh, like pathways in our brain, uh, A to B, A to B. And if, if we if we use the same pathway, it's like walking for a field. If we use it every single day, then it becomes very well trodden. So some of our beliefs that we've held for a long time are like very well trodden paths in a field. And over time, if we think to ourselves, right, I'm not going to walk that path. So I've identified this unhelpful thing, which is I keep looking for feedback from other people. And then some people are really tough and harsh in their feedback and it really upsets my chimp and it absolutely me. yeah so there's a classic so i'm gonna think right that's a well-trodden path <laughs> i recognize that yeah you read an evaluation form and the next thing is your day's ruined you could think you know eight evaluation forms people leaving kind comments and then this one comment and you think oh my goodness this person's right i'm a disaster this is dreadful this is not for me and it escalates from there well, let's let's so let's look at let's look at one other path, an alternative path. So now I'm, I'm literally thinking of your brain again. We've, we've gone down that behaviour, which is to give feedback forms, which probably is a good thing, isn't it? We'd all agree to get some feedback, but we've also gone down the belief, which the chimps probably put in there, which is everybody's opinion is right. That's one belief, and I have to listen to everybody's opinion. That's another belief. So they're, they're two things that are in our computer. Whereas actually, if we change that and we think, right, let's look at an alternative. First and foremost do you believe that everybody is right? You know, absolutely right in their feedback. Absolutely spot on. They might be right in their mind, but they might not be in yours. So already we thought to ourselves, right, hold on, that's not even helpful. I'm going to ask for feedback. I'm going to recognize that typically one in five people won't like me irrelevant of what I do. That's a reality. If you go to a sports game and you're playing the best game of your life, half of the crowd don't like you because they don't support you. 
you know, there's bought the other team. And it's a bit like that in business. Somebody's going to sit there and irrelevant of what you've done, it could be something from their past or it could be the day they've had or it could just be the content you're delivering. They're just not going to like it, but it doesn't mean they don't like you. So this is getting very introspective now. The key thing is to go, okay, when I get feedback and I get that one in five person that I know is coming, how am I going to treat it? And if we now think I'm not going to personalize it anymore, I'm going to see it as that's my one in five. They're welcome to their opinion. What do I want to do with it? If there's any truth in the feedback, use it. If you feel that actually it's pretty harsh and, and maybe they're having a bad day, leave it. But practice that. Rehearse over time the alternative. Because at the moment, just going to the uh, powerful reaction emotion is obviously upsetting. Have I time for this rationalization where literally I sit down and I have this dialogue, internal dialogue saying, why do I feel this way? What's the right way to think about this? Uh, where's this coming from? It almost sounds like a kind of a checklist. To what extent can we automate this so we're not actually having these lengthy internal question and answer sessions? Someone might say, okay, I'm having a bad day, but I've got things to do. I know that I've read this evaluation form and it's really bothering me. Uh, do I sit down and have this dialogue internally right now? Or if I do that, do people think I'm going nuts? <laughs> yeah. 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 I, I mean, I suppose there's two things I'm hearing there. The, the first one is uh, we have to individualize this and find something that works for people. You know, okay. I'm not prescribing that everyone would sit down. I mean, some of the things we're talking about now ring very true to cognitive behavioral therapy, which is a very structured way of approaching your, your beliefs and how they affect your emotions. So, Yes, you could go very structured. It's not going to work for everyone. However, the second thing I'm hearing you say loud and clear is, can we fast track it? You know, can we cheat the system? And the reality is, is that we know successful people put in the work. You know, successful people are reflective on what's going well for them and other people. Uh, successful people often talk things out. They, they get with maybe it's a peer or maybe it's a coach. You know, we're, we're the coaches who are advising other people to 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 work on themselves to be their best, and often. We might have to do that ourselves and put that time in if we want to reap the reward. So I think reflection can't really be bypassed because it's important. Otherwise, if we don't reflect, we don't engage the human. So what does that mean? It just means we jump from one fire into the next fire, into the next fire in chimp mode. And then we probably get stressed because we're so burnt out. Whereas human says, let me stop, put a little bit of time into this. How do I want to see feedback in this example in the future? And let me try that tomorrow. That could be five minutes. That could be when you pull up at the red light in your car. Do you see what I mean? It's, it's, it could be the two minutes when you brush your teeth. How do I want to be today as a human? How do I want to approach the day when I'm doing this? And at the end of the day, when you're brushing your teeth again, how was the day? Did I, um, did I respond to things as a human or did I react to them as a chimp? And what do I want to set myself a challenge for tomorrow? So just putting into something basic like that doesn't make it maybe um, seem quite the mountain I, which I understand a lot of people would think this sounds very complex, but it doesn't have to be. Thanks to Robbie for being our guest on the show today. Now, before we wrap up, as I promised you at the beginning, I'm going to give you a couple of minutes where I'm giving you, in effect, my three key takeaways from today's expert interview. And here they are. Number one, as you've learned today, your brain has several systems, including the chimp, or what's called the animal brain. Now, we like to think that we have one powerful brain, but in actual fact, according to the chimp model, we have several brains or systems which have different jobs. Your chimp is your oldest brain. 
It's physically smaller, but it's stronger and faster. Your human brain, on the other hand, is where reasoning and logic live. Your computer, then, thirdly, is where your beliefs and your values live. The chimp model explains why, bringing this all together, how you can improve your management of these systems, and in doing so, can help your personal and professional life. That's my first point today. My second point is this. Your chimp is there to keep you safe. Now, I've thought about this quite a bit when I've read the book and thought, when am I conscious of my chimp speaking? And often it's when I'm sensitive to feedback from someone in the training classroom or the training environment. So I realize now, having read the book, having taken this on board, that the chimp is really there to keep me safe. It's trying to protect me even when it's reactive. Your chimp brain may feel that situations like delivering a presentation or leading a workshop or designing a training program are actual threats. Why? Because your brain fears people not liking you. They might question your authority or your credibility or your experience or your qualifications. They might heckle you. They may even say unkind things about you on a feedback form. So your chimp brain is alert all the time, trying to keep you safe by convincing you that the best way to avoid these threats is to avoid putting yourself in the kind of situations where trainers put themselves in, the kinds of threats that happen when some of these things are likely or unlikely, you know, so where we risk being told actually the presentation was not successful or it wasn't a good training experience. And that is a risk. We put ourselves in these situations every day as trainers and our chimp brain is trying to stop us because it conv- it's convinced that doing so is actually a threat. You may have delivered a workshop 15 times before, but your chimp brain will still try and convince you that standing up in front of delegates is a threat and you should avoid it. And I know exactly what that's like. You do too. Even the top trainers and coaches have this emotionally negative premonition before an engagement with a client or a group of people. Some people will even lose sleep the night before an important client meeting or training event. Here's the thing though, your chimp and my chimp is never going away. It will always be there. It's stronger, as I said, it's faster, as I said, than the human brain. It deals in emotion, not logic, and it really is trying to help. So you need to pay attention to it. Ignoring the chimp, ignoring that negative voice, trying to shut it up can actually backfire. Instead, here's what you do. You take five minutes or more and ask yourself, is there any truth in what my chimp brain is trying to tell me? Is it actually helping me by saying, don't stand up, don't present, don't give this course? Have I done my preparation for this workshop? Maybe that's the message your brain's telling you. Have I printed off all the handouts? Maybe that's something your brain's telling you. Can I answer all the questions or some of the questions or most of the questions which my slides or my handouts or my coaching may generate? And again, your chimp is trying to keep you safe by alerting you to these possibilities, but all they are are possibilities. That's all. They've not yet happened. And in fact, they may never happen. The good news is threefold. One, you can recognize the chimp by its behavior. It's emotional and very often negative. Two, you don't need to make decisions based upon the chimp's worst case scenarios. And three, you can manage your chimp's behavior and you can overcome these nagging feelings of doubt, of procrastination and fear. Okay, my final takeaway today on the basis of today's expert interview is this. 
And this brings us to the key takeaway number three, which is the fact that your human brain is a different brain. Your human brain is there to examine and investigate and respond with thought and reason and logic. So the process of questioning your fears, your feelings, your false premonitions, your nightmare scenarios of things uh, which will probably be never said or things which will never happen, uh, things that you think people are saying about you even when they're not, well, that's the job of your clever human brain or your logical brain. It's your human brain. It's the brain that can actually respond, evaluate, question, weigh up, and challenge these fears. And I've said before that fear stands for false expectations appearing real. So like an adult, you can use reason and logic and questioning to challenge false fears, false feelings, false premonitions. Let's take an example where, let's say you deliver a training session and one delegate's evaluation of your training session is below average. How do you respond to this? Your chimp brain is naturally hurt and may be angry. It wants to react. So speaking to your chimp brain, you might say internally, I hear you. It's okay to feel this way for a moment, but not forever. I'm going to allow myself five or 15 or 30 minutes to feel this way. But after that, I'm going to break this pattern. And then I'm going to look at this objectively. I wonder, is there any truth in the comments that my training delegates made today? When did I last deliver this training session? What happened? Was this feedback based upon a fair assessment of my delivery? Is it helpful and reasonable to base my self-worth on this one instance of feedback? What do you think? Is it objective and logical to assume that one person's experience of your training is reflective of the experience of everyone else. What do you think? Why don't you look at the other evaluation forms and suppress, not repress, but certainly suppress your chimp by allowing your human brain to kick in and look at things objectively? You probably will realize that your delegates or your client's feedback was the only one of its kind or one of a minority in a sea of positive instances of feedback. So how do you feel about your training session now? you can acknowledge that you feel hurt and offended by this one evaluation form. It's okay to feel this way. I'm a professional trainer and pride myself in my work. You do too. It's a natural reaction to be affronted or offended or disappointed when someone says something which in some way challenges the very thing you love to do. But when I question this assumption and realize that this negative feedback I've received and I get negative feedback just like you do at some point. I then realize that it's unusual and irregular. So what will I do now? I will look back and I'll put myself in the shoes of the person who left this feedback, number one. Number two, I will perhaps drop her or him a line and ask whether she or he has any suggestions as to how I could improve this session the next time. And often that takes the sting out of the feedback. And therefore, I'm actually taking control. So there are three parts to this response. And my model, something I've come up with, is called AQUA, A-Q-A. A-Q-A, A acknowledge, Q question, and A act. So when you feel your gorge rising, when you feel this emotional hijack coming on, where the chimp is literally screaming and hijacking your brain and reacting on a false premise, you're perhaps, as I said, feeling emotional on the basis of some comment someone's made. Well then, first of all, Run aqua. One, acknowledge your feeling, your right to feel this way. Then two, switch on the logical brain to test this assumption, okay, and question it. 
Then, lastly, take positive action to remedy the situation as best you can if that's what's appropriate. Okay? So there are my three expert takeaways from today's interview with Robbie. So you now know where your natural reactions come from. It's okay to feel this way. We're professionals and sometimes things don't always work out. We feel annoyed or disappointed. They are perfectly natural reactions. You now know, though, where they're coming from in the brain. You can deal with it. Secondly, you have a toolkit to manage your responses, and this will have enormous benefit when you can confidently manage your business mindset. And lastly, guess what? You are a professional, just like me. You're an adult, and you know what you're doing. So trust yourself and believe you have what it takes to succeed. My sincere thanks to you again for tuning in this week. Thanks for all your continued support. We'd love you to leave a rating on Apple Podcasts because this helps us to promote the show. I say this every week and also helps us to attract the kinds of guests whose expertise, whose knowledge, whose willingness to help can help you on your training business journey. You can check out the podcast every single week, all future episodes, current episodes, and past episodes on platforms such as Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and Spotify, and quite a few others I don't care to mention. They're out there. You'll find episodes all around the web of the Training Business Podcast on whichever platform works for you. We're on Twitter, we're on Facebook, we're on Instagram. So please check us out and join the conversation. We'd love to hear from you with regards to suggestions as to the kinds of things that you'd love to hear on the show. And if they are challenges, such as business mindset, I would love to dedicate an episode to those challenges and questions you may have and answer them as best I can or as best we can in conjunction with guests like Robbie on today's show. So until next week, have a great business week. Bye for now. once more for listening to this episode of the trainingbusiness.com podcast. Go to trainingbusiness.com and subscribe right now to be notified of great competitions, upcoming VIP episodes, and amazing special offers to help you succeed in your training business. See you next time.